This is The Long Cut, a podcast by Booster Stage. I'm your host, Ryan, and I'm on a journey to look behind the curtain of the overnight success. On this show, we talk with founders, business owners, entrepreneurs, and innovators who have successfully launched, built, grown, and sometimes exited SaaS businesses that solved a problem. Ready? Let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Long Cut Podcast, where we're busy poking holes in the myth of the overnight success. I'm your host, Ryan, and today we're doing something a little bit different. I don't have a guest today. Instead, I thought it would be fun to talk about MVPs and let you in on some of the secrets that we use to successfully create brand new products. I also want to give you a quick update on the podcast because I'm going to be changing the format a little bit. Turns out, making a podcast is really time-consuming. In the past couple of weeks, I've had a little bit of a hard time balancing my regular job, which is building MVPs with my agency booster stage, and landing new leads for the podcast, doing interviews, all the stuff that goes into making great content. I'm not going to lie, I got a little bit behind. So, dear listeners, I hope you'll forgive me, but I'm going to take a couple weeks of sabbatical from the podcast just to catch my breath. But when we come back, I'm thinking about doing a seasonal model where we'll record a series of episodes around a particular topic affecting startups. I'm also going to move to a bi-weekly publishing schedule, just to be kind to myself. I'd love to know what you think about that, and if you have any thoughts on what kind of topics you'd like to hear about, email me at ryan at thelongcut.fm. Now, let's talk about how to create an MVP. MVP, Minimum Viable Product. What exactly is an MVP? The answer is, it depends. It depends on the stage of your business and where you are with your product. If you're just starting out, an MVP might be little more than a pitch deck. If you've got early adopter customers, then your MVP might be a working prototype. The point is that an MVP is designed to answer a very specific question at each stage of your development. What is that question? Well, we'll get to that. It's a process, not a product. In The Lean Startup, which I highly recommend, Eric Ries talks about the build, measure, learn feedback loop. The process is jump-started by an entrepreneur's vision. That's yours. You see the world as it should be, not necessarily as it is. The world has problems, and you see your product as the solution, at least to some of these. One of the reasons most startups fail is because they start too big. Not that the dream is too big, or that the idea is too big, but the MVP is too big. They spend too much time and too much money building something before validating that the product they're building solves a real problem, or that people are willing to pay for it. Building things accrues risk. The bigger the MVP, the more time and money spent on it, the more risk is involved. As entrepreneurs, part of our job is to mitigate risk. But experimentation is inherently risky. At the earliest stages of a product, we're not necessarily trying to build exactly the right product. Rather, we're trying to learn if the market actually has the particular problem that we're proposing to solve. What is the simplest, smallest thing that you could build? Something that you can measure, learn from, and then apply to the next iteration of the cycle? Could it be a survey, a pitch deck, a blog or ebook? What can you get into the hands of your potential customers right now that you could measure? What did your survey responses tell you? How many people visit your blog on a monthly basis? How many people downloaded your ebook about the topic? What was the feedback from your pitch deck? Now, what can you learn? 
And more importantly, how can you apply your learning to the next phase of building? In reality, this process should never end. Long after the corks have been popped and version 1.0 has been released, a healthy product team will still be applying MVP principles to ongoing product development. Stair-step your way to launch. Most successful products on the market today did not begin life as a complete usable product. Many didn't even resemble the product that they are today. Facebook, for example, started out as a hot-or-not style dating app for Harvard College students. Pretty different from what they are today. At each step along the way, collect what you've learned and apply it to the next stage of development. Here's an example of a stair-stepped launch. First, initial idea is pitched verbally to some people who may be interested. Their feedback is taken and turned into... 2. A slide deck that can be used to demonstrate the rough idea. This deck is pitched at a local startup meetup, and the feedback is used to create... 3. A simple landing page to test out the messaging and collect email addresses for early adopters. This landing page and the messages that are developed become the basis for... 4. A blog where you talk about the idea and begin to set up yourself as an expert in the field. 5. Wireframes that show visually how the app will be put together. 6. And finally, what we would think of as an MVP a trimmed-down private beta version that demonstrates the basic value of the app. The process of creating an MVP is a quasi-scientific process. We look at the world and make an educated guess, a hypothesis, about how we can make it better. Then we test that hypothesis. We create a minimum viable product, a small product designed to see if we're right or wrong. If we're right, then we double down, we keep building that product. If we're wrong, then we pivot, we try a different approach. We do that again and again until we have discovered something that really works, a product that solves a real problem that people are willing to pay real money for. At each step of the validation process, we collect data. We're looking for data that will prove or disprove our hypothesis. Data is going to help us answer these questions. Will users use the product? Does it solve a real problem? Will users pay money to solve this problem? At a very early stage, the data that we collect may be anecdotal rather than empirical. At the very beginning, we may only have our own experience to look at. What does it feel like to use the app? Where do users get hung up? What kind of usability issues do we run into? As we progress, we add more anecdotal data. What do other users do? What happens the first time someone has to use the app? And as the app matures, we'll be again adding empirical data. How many users are able to successfully complete tasks? How many fail? How many pay for the app? How many churn? Etc. Each of these data points helps us to refine our approach as we build the app. If you were just going to come up with a spec and build your app, you wouldn't worry about these things. But the goal isn't just to build your app to spec. The goal is to make your users successful at using your app. But more to the point, the goal is to collect the data that you need to know that your app is solving a real problem. That's the end of the article on the Booster Stage blog, which you can read by going to boosterstage.net and clicking on articles. But I want to riff a little bit on this idea of risk. One of the reasons why we build an MVP at all, and I touched on this in the article, instead of just going and building a giant project to spec, is because doing that would be really risky. And yet it happens all the time in both funded and in bootstrapped startups. Founders jump to building the product. And I confess, I've done it myself. I've spent months and months holed up in my basement, so to speak, uh, building a product that ultimately didn't end up seeing the light of day. 
you might dismiss that and say, well, it's just a little bit of time. But really, that's quite a bit of time that cannot be gotten back. It's even worse if you've sunk money into a product and the product ultimately doesn't end up going anywhere. Losing money is a pretty sickening feeling. So the process of building an MVP is designed to reduce that risk, to eliminate the possibility that this product is going to fail. I think the idea of the stair-step approach comes from Rob Walling on the Startup for the Rest of Us podcast, which is a great podcast to listen to, and I highly recommend it. Rob talks about stair-stepping your way up to launch, and I wholeheartedly agree with that. So the idea of the MVP is not that it's a particular point in time or that it's a particular product that is your MVP, but the MVP is a process that you use continuously over and over again at various stages to come up with a product that solves a problem. You've been listening to The Long Cut, a podcast by Booster Stage. Music by The Long Cut. Used with permission. Check them out at thelongcut.com. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. Join me next week for another conversation where we take a dive into the steps that it took to build an overnight success. Until then, be sure to visit thelongcut.fm and submit your questions. As always, I invite you to get in touch with me so I can help you on your own business journey. I promise I respond to every message I get. Thanks for listening.